Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda. I'm Linda Davis. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit about myself before we get started. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. I hope you have your cup of coffee because this is going to be good this morning. Let's just dig into our own hearts today. Let's take a reflection of ourselves today and see where we are at. And the last few days, even in conversation, in things I've read, in even emails I've received, there seems to be a theme of frustration and weariness in the battle. And the truth of the matter is, we are going to have some battles in our lives. And sometimes it's us. And sometimes it's the devil. Sometimes we blame the devil, but it's actually us. And sometimes we blame ourselves and it's actually the devil. This is why we cry out for wisdom. This is why we have to know the wisdom of God because wisdom is discerning and knowing the difference. Is it something we cause to happen or is it resistance to us progressing forward in the Lord? Because there's going to be resistance. I recently heard somebody say that they don't believe that there's any striving in the Lord. Yes, half of the New Testament is about striving. It's in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there was more physical battles. In the New Testament, there's more spiritual battles. But there is a striving absolutely in the things of the Lord. Why are we told to not get weary in our well-doing? Why are we told that if there's no resistance coming against us? There's resistance on a continual basis, truthfully. And it is all wrapped around Galatians 6, 9 and the warning that Paul gives us. And I'm reading from the Amplified here. It's my favorite translation of this verse. And if you've listened to my radio show for any amount of time, I've gone to this verse quite a few times, but I really feel like God is highlighting it today. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in. See, this is the, this is the thing. And it's truth. When we're doing bad, so to speak, in the Lord, when we know we're outside of his personal commands for our life, when we're just straight up maybe in sin, in any capacity, we're being disobedient to what God has told us to do, then we feel like we deserve what comes our way. We deserve the difficult time. We deserve the hardship. We've earned it, so to speak. I'm not saying this is biblical. I'm saying this is our own mindset. This is where our thoughts go. Like our kids do bad, they deserve a spanking. 
and they know it. You can tell by their faces. <laughs> and what do they tend to do? No spanking, no spanking, no spanking. I'll be good. I'll be good. Well, they're, they're only going to be being good because the bad behavior is being reinforced with discipline, which is an expectation we've all grown up with. So it's a mindset we have. Now, on the other side of that, when we do good, we expect reward, right? We, we've done it with our own children. If you're in the middle of raising children, when we do good or when our kids do good, what do we tend to do? We tend to reward them. At work, if you do good, you tend to get rewarded eventually with a raise or a bonus or a promotion because you've done good. So we have that mindset with the Lord and our relationship with him too. And we begin to think, well, I'm doing good. Where's my reward? Now, it might not actually be that exact phrase, but have we not said, man, after all I've done, after how I've served you, after how much faith I have, do we not do that? I cannot be the only one. I'm pretty sure. It gets, our season gets frustrating when we're in the process and we haven't seen the fruit of our doing good yet. And I'm reminded of Elijah hiding in the cave. He was frustrated with God because he felt like he'd been doing good. He actually takes this whole mindset with God. Grab your Bibles if, if you have one handy. If not, just listen. <laughs> First Kings verse 19. I mean, Elijah just comes out of this amazing battle in victory, in power, and he has shown mightily God's power. And so in 1 Kings chapter 19, I'm trying to find where it is. Yeah, down at verse 9. Now, just so you understand, before that, Elijah had had great victory. I mean, right before that, if I, if I have the, my memory serves me correctly, there had been a drought and God, and Elijah called forth the rain in the time that God called for the rain. The sacrifice had just taken place where Elijah calls down upon the Lord to, for the fire of the Lord to consume the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stone and, and the trench of water. So he's just seen all that victory. And shown God to be real. And now, now, he's hiding in a cave. <laughs> right? He gets afraid. And he goes and, and now his life is being threatened. He's in a hardship. Not minimizing the hardship he is in. He's afraid for his life. So he goes and he hides in a cave. And God comes to him while he's in the cave. And he says to him, what are you doing here? Why are you hiding in the cave? And Elijah responds to him, basically bragging on himself. I have not forsaken your covenant. I have thrown down, thrown down the altars. I've killed the prophets with the sword. And I, only I am left. And now they seek my life to take it. And he's frustrated. He's frustrated with God. He was doing good is my point. A mighty man of God. And he got frustrated and he ran and he hid in the cave. 
And that's where the enemy tries to get us. But Galatians 6, 9 tells us, don't become weary or discouraged in doing good. When we are doing good, we are frustrated when we don't see the benefit from that good quickly. But Galatians 6, 9 tells us, for at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in. Give in to what? The weariness, the discouragement, wondering why we haven't seen what we've been believing and waiting for. Why hasn't it already manifested before us? And sometimes things just take time. Sometimes it's a slow process. Sometimes it's a quick process. And the truth of the matter is, if we got what we thought we wanted at times in our lives, it would have been a mess. And it was God's mercy that would withheld that from us in that moment. And we're frustrated, so we don't see it that way. But it takes time at times. And we have to trust God in the process of it taking time. And it's difficult to do that, but we must. It's imperative for us. We get the attitude. Sometimes it's taking longer than we've expected, so we're just done with it. Like, he, like here's an example. My husband and I, we're getting ready to do a new work for the Lord. And it's similar to something we've done in the past, years ago, seven, eight years ago. And the truth of the matter is, Seven or eight years ago, either one of the two things took place. Either we started the work the Lord dropped in our spirit too soon, or we quit too soon. But it's on us. I'm not sure which one it is till this day. I know we've learned from it. But one question I would encourage you, when the Lord drops something in your spirit to ask you, One question I would encourage you to ask yourself is when do you want me to do this? When? And I feel like, you know, anytime you venture out in the Lord and your heart is to do kingdom business, that's awesome. But if it's not in the right timing, if it's not in the proper timing, then things end up taking place. Resistance ends up coming in either from the Lord because it was not the time and the season for us to do it, or it's resistance because it is the time in the season and we end up quitting. But I would rather have stepped out and missed it just a little bit, but had a heart for God's purposes than to never step at all. And so I'm not telling you to step out regardless. It's a fine line. It's such a fine line between not getting ahead of God and not lagging behind God. Sometimes things just take a little longer than we expect them to take. You know, like you just can't cook a turkey in a microwave and expect it to come out like it's been basting in the oven for eight hours. You know, we get frustrated and we want the microwave. We want the microwave season. And sometimes it's an oven season. (laughs) Sometimes it's just going to take longer than we wanted it to take. It's a longer process. We have to get to the place that we're living the life we're trying to invite others into. And that takes some seasons. That takes going through some stuff. 
God's really just looking for ordinary people that are willing to do extraordinary things, which that means being willing to remain in those difficult seasons, in both seasons. Those great, rapid growth, accelerated seasons are often in our lives, awesome in our lives. They're exciting in our lives. But there are also seasons where things go fairly slow. Here's a great example of that. But there's growth and you have to trust the growth. Like if you have any family, any friends that live out of state, and it's kind of a little more difficult now because we have Facebook, so we see a lot of pictures, we see the growth. But I actually, just last Saturday, I saw a young boy, he's 10 years old now. I probably hadn't seen him since he was five. And I couldn't believe it was him. There had been so much growth in the five years that I had seen him. And I was like, wow. Now he probably doesn't really see it. And his parents don't notice it because they're with him day to day. But me being away from him and then being back around him, the growth was obvious. So we have to trust in the seasons where we don't see any growth or we don't think there's any growth, that there's actually growth. It's actually taking place. And so in the proper time, we will reap if we do not give up. We don't like things that take time. And we have to understand there's resistance. We run, when we step in obedience, we step right into interference. And if we don't think there's any striving that we're going to have to do, any contending that we're going to have to do, just do a word study on both of those words from straight the Bible. And there is. Why do we work out our salvation with fear and trembling? Why do we have the armor of God in our lives? If there's not any contending and striving and battling, why does, why does it tell us, I think it's in James 4, 7, to resist the devil, resist the devil, and he will flee. Actually, if you go to that scripture, I'm just going to go to it real quick. In James 4, 7, and this is something people, you, they miss this because this is a twofold right here about the devil fleeing. We hear resist the devil all the time and he will flee. But what we don't hear a lot is what's right before that. And it says to submit yourselves to God. Submit, so that's what we do. We do both of these things. We submit to God and, and we resist the devil. I'm reading from the Passion Translation and it's in James 4, verse 7. So then, surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn and run away from you. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will move closer to you. It's a work. It is a work. Like in our marriage relationships, we have to work at our relationships. We have to draw closer to one another. We have to strive to guard our marriage, to protect our marriage. And it's the same as the bride of Christ in our relationship with the Lord. We have to work. It's a work. We're graced for it. We're graced to get through it. So I just want to encourage you today to not grow weary in your well-doing, to be sure to not become discouraged and to understand at the proper time 
If you do not give in, you are going to reap from the Lord. That's so encouraging. And keep going. And you're doing good. Keep progressing. And you're doing good. If God says there's blessings for obedience, there's blessings for obedience. Just stay in there. Don't throw up your hands too soon and say, forget it. Took longer than I thought. Here's a great example of that in doing good. When our kids were younger and they were in school, we rewarded them for good grades. If they got all A's on their report cards, not their progress reports, if they got all A's on their report card, they received $50. If they got A's and B's on their report card, they received $25. And so sometimes we'd have one kid have all A's and get $50. And we'd have one kid get A's and B's and get $25. And then one kid would get a C and get nothing because they could get the grades, but didn't. They weren't diligent. They didn't do their homework. They didn't study enough, whatever the cause may have been. So now the motivation for them was seeing the other one receive their reward. And we'd have this happen. So now they decide they're going to do their homework. They're going to study. They're going to be diligent. They're going to be disciplined. They're doing good. Like Galatians 6, 9 talks about. They're doing good in the season. So now progress reports come out. And they've managed to get that C up to a B, and they want their reward for doing good. Where's my $25? No, not yet. You have not seen it through. When the report card comes out and you still have a B, you will receive your reward. Now, that seems like a long time for a child to wait from the time of progress report to the time of report card. Now, they're making progress. It's slow. And hopefully after the progress report comes out and they don't receive the reward in hand, hopefully they continue on and understand at the proper time of report card, they will reap if they don't give in to the process. If they don't give in to the fact that it takes a little bit of time because it takes a little bit of time. Like I said, you cannot microwave a turkey. You just can't do it. You wouldn't even want to eat it. So I just want to encourage you to be diligent, to continue on, to understand that it takes some spiritual discipline in your life, even to get closer to the heart of God. It takes, it takes a heart change. It takes looking at what is the root cause you know, there's, there's a scripture. Uh, jump over to Daniel 10. Actually, I've got a couple Bibles going here. Let me grab my other Bible. <clears throat> and I love this. And while you're in your season of being processed, while you're in your season of progress, while it's taking a little more time than you thought it was going to take, but you know, you've asked the Lord you know you're in the right place. You know you're in the right position. You know you're properly seated, so to speak. Hang in there. Be diligent. Push through. Press on. All those, all those phrases we've heard and heard over and over again. I love this in Daniel chapter 10. 
right? Daniel has prayed and now he's waiting. He doesn't know what's going on, but he's waiting and he's waiting for the Lord to answer his prayer. And I love this because Gabriel shows up and he says, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your mind in your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come as a consequence of your words. So right there, our words have consequence. I have come as a consequence of your words. The moment you prayed, your cry reached the ear of God himself, and he sent me on your behalf with the answer, with the answer. But, but, and this is so good. Don't miss this. Verse 13. This is the angel speaking. I went right away. God released me right away. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I may, I remained there with the kings of Persia. Actually, I said this was the angel Gabriel, but it doesn't actually say that. So I'm going to take that back. But so here we have a battle uh, actually, now that I think about it, where I am in scripture, um, a lot of people say this is Jesus speaking to Daniel, but I'm not going to get into all that right now. The point is the moment Daniel prayed, it hurt, it hit God's ears. He sent the answer, but a battle is taking place. Supernatural warfare is taking place. And Daniel was completely unaware of this. He did not know what was going on on his behalf, on behalf of his prayers. But he remained in that place of prayer. So in the proper time, he was reaping the answer of his prayer. Something that I find interesting, and I want to close with this today. In our not being weary and well-doing, and as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, it's actually right after... I didn't even realize this until just now. It's right after in Galatians chapter 6. So never mind, it's not. I had the scripture wrong. In Ephesians chapter 6, we're told to put on the complete armor of God. This provides us all we need to fight against these strategies of the enemy anything to discourage us, anything to get us to be weary, anything to cause us to give up, anything to cause us to back down, back up. We are in hand-to-hand combat. That's the truth of it. Spiritually, we're in a war. And wars take time. It's not just a fight. It's a war. We are in warfare. We are experiencing interference and resistance. And so one of the things that it says in Ephesians 6, when it talks about the spiritual warfare, when it talks about putting on the armor of God, it talks about us, we're fighting the demonic, we're fighting evil spirits. Uh, These are powerful, powerful um, beings that we're fighting. And so it says that because of all this, and I'm paraphrasing, that's why we have the armor of God. And one thing it tells us to do in Ephesians 6, is it tells us 
having done everything to stand, stand there for. I believe it's verse 15. In the Passion Translation, it says, put on the truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert. Then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to, go to it really quick in the Amplified. Uh, we're doing Ephesians chapter 6. And it says to put on the whole armor of God. Be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him. That we can be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. All of them. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We know this. And then down in verse 14, stand therefore having tightened the belt of truth, which we just read in the other one, around your loins, and having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God, having done everything we can do to stand, stand therefore, stand in faith, stand your ground, stand during the process, trust in him, And I want to just really, really quick, I want to read you this. It is in Matthew chapter 6. We had a Bible study last night and we read this in the Passion Translation. And I really am going to close out with this. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. This is in the Passion Translation. It says, above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Do not, do not grow weary in well-doing. In your good, remain in him. Stand fast. Constantly chase after the realm of God and hang in there during the process. Know that he's got you. Know that you resist the devil as you've submitted unto the Lord. And the devil has no choice but to turn and run. He has to leave. And always ask when God drops something in your spirit, when do you want me to do this? And remain in obedience and remain in the promises of God.